Hello there, my name's Mark Christopher Lee. I'm from the indie band The Pocket Gods. And this podcast, Weird, is about our film, Weird, The Life and Times of a Pocket God, which charts our 20 years of indie non-existence and also my battles with mental health issues and depression. The podcast will feature music and little bits about the film. Uh, I hope you're going to enjoy it. We're going to kick off with the theme music from the film. It's called This Beautiful World.
the band, uh, the Pocket Gods, started uh, 20 years ago uh, when Noel Story and myself, Mark Christopher Lee, met at a record shop in London called Tower Records in Piccadilly Circus. It was the largest record shop in Europe at the time. Um, we were working there together and I was in a band called The High Ones who had just split up and then I was looking to form a new band and Noel Story, uh, I knew uh, personally, used to come to our gigs and we used to go drinking together and he really liked uh, my old band and liked my songwriting and so I asked him, because I knew he played keyboards, if he'd like to join the band. Uh, it took a bit of persuading but eventually said yes, we had a few rehearsals and jam sessions and he got into the music and then we started the Pocket Gods. We were initially an old country band, uh, sub kind of Graham Parsons kind of stuff. But uh, we, 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 you know, we had a blast. We played some really good gigs initially. Places like uh, what's the Hope and Anchor in London. Uh, we played a gig... Uh, a really cool place called Sam Republic in Leicester Square, where we had our own dressing room with an ironing board and shower, as used by All Saints, that girl group, the night before. Anyway, here's another track from the film. Uh, this song is called VV Bud. I've got a vampire voodoo blow-up doll. Again, well, the, the film of ours is called Weird, The Life and Times of a Pocket God, because a lot of weird stuff has happened to me over the years, uh, including when I was a child, around about six or seven, a, a face appeared on my bedroom wall late at night. It was like an angelic visitation, uh, and it 
it basically told me that everything was going to be okay in the end. I didn't really know what it meant at the time, but the following morning was when horrific sexual and physical and emotional abuse started to me and my brother, which carried on throughout our childhood. Uh, and I think that visitation was to let me know that it was going to be okay in the end if, I, if I, only I could get through. And I only just did get through, but here I am now. I've made this film to try and raise some awareness of mental health issues. Uh, and also to talk about the weird stuff that has happened. Uh, the other weird stuff was more recently to tie in with that visitation when I was a child. It was in, it's in January this year after a failed suicide attempt, which I'll go into a bit more detail later. I, uh, I was at Blackfriars Station coming home from London. It was around about four o'clock. Uh, and I, an angel, it was the only thing I describe as an angel, appeared to me. I was basically sucked into some other dimension or time or place where time stood still. There was commuters all around me, but I was there with this angel. And it gave me, gave me a message, uh, you know, to keep, to keep on going, to keep trusting, and everything will be okay. And the right path will reveal itself. So I took that as another, you know, another sign that just, just to keep going and, you know, that God or the universe, however you want to describe it, is on my side. Uh, okay, I think it's time for another piece of music. And I think this time I'll choose something a bit more laid back.
That track was called Searching for the Divine, which I guess I have been all of my life after those visitations, trying to find the meaning of life, God, the universe. I believe there is something more powerful out there or in there than just cells and electricity and, you know, the mechanical apparatus of life. There is something metaphysical going on. It's hard for us to comprehend it. I, I do believe in it, and uh, you know, through my music, I'm trying to trying to explore explore that. Uh, just going back to the film, weird, the life and times of a pocket god. A band, you know, usually splits up. <laughs> usually lasts a couple of years, and then it falls apart. You know, band members fall out, or people move on, get married, etc. But this band has stayed together for twenty years. It's had lots of different lineup changes uh, and I haven't really fell in that, fallen out of anyone really I've had some great people that I've played with people have come and gone enjoyed their time moved on Noel Story and myself have been here most of it but even Noel's went off down to live in Cornwall for four or five years uh, away from the band but then rejoined it later on so you know we've we've done a lot of gigs and I have to say, most of them have been have been rubbish, have been crap. Uh, early on, it was quite good. We played some half-decent ones. We had a bit of a following. But years, year and year afterwards, we've just been trudging around, playing the indie shithole venues in, in London or Leeds. And to no people, to one man and his dog, where the dog enjoys it more than the man. And it's been a slog, because it's hard work doing gigs. It's not glamorous. You set off early, you have to take time off work. You have to lug your equipment to the venue. You have to do sound check really, really early, then hang around for hours and hours, trying not to get too drunk because you can't play, but there's nothing else to do. So I just think gigs nowadays are just a you know, fucking waste of time. And I don't, I don't see the point of doing them anymore unless you know someone's going to come in and give us a really good support slot or a festival or, you know, or a really nicely paid gig, but it just doesn't happen. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't know what the future holds for us live. I'm hoping that the film will give us a bigger audience so that we can do some half-decent gigs because we are an excellent band. There's some excellent musicians. There's Knowles, a brilliant keyboard player. There's Scott Ottaway, who was the drummer for The Searchers. Uh, you know, And then we've got Simon Herries on bass, Bill Johnson. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great, great line-up. Uh, but... You know, what's the point of playing shit gigs to no no people? Anyway, I'm going to play a track next. It's called The Ninth Configuration, uh, which is about my favourite film, The Ninth Configuration, by the exorcist director William Peter Blatty, who's also my favourite favorite film director. It's a brilliant film. It stars Stacey Keach as a Vietnam veteran who, who's gone slightly mad, due to, you know, killing loads and loads of people, basically, in, in war. But it is also a film about faith and, uh, you know, having the ability to believe. It's a brilliant film. I suggest you check it out. Anyway, this track's called The Ninth Configuration. And the reason why I chose this in this segment is because this was the track we played at the, at the worst ever gig we played, up at the Great Flag Unfurling, which is supposed to be a Pink Floyd festival. No fucker turned up, apart from one stone guy who danced for seven minutes to this track. 
That's an epic track and a half. We haven't played that one live for a very long time. And there's a good reason why. Anyway, I guess we should go into the 30 second song thing. Because that's what we're kind of now famous or infamous for. For our albums of uh, 30 second songs. Uh, the idea came back in 2015, I think it was. There was an article in The Independent by Professor Mike Errico who basically challenged songwriters to write songs for the media of today, which is streaming. Whereas in the past, it was vinyl, uh, and people wrote three three-minute pop songs because of the length of, of, of one side of vinyl. Uh, so with streaming paying out a, such a small royalty after 30 seconds of a track, why do artists bother writing longer songs anymore? You're only going to get paid a piddly amount, about not seven pence, after 30 seconds, uh, and then no more. So your track could be 15 minutes long and still get get the same shit royalty. So my, I, my mad idea was just to write 30-second songs, just to maximise the royalty revenue. So I put 100 30-second songs on one album, called it 100 by 30, 100x30, uh, and it went down a storm. All the tracks originally were about the music industry, uh, or people in the music industry. Uh, and I chose 100 because it sounded impressive and it looked good, like 100x30. And unintentionally, we broke the world record, the official Guinness world record for most number of tracks on a digital album. Because they contacted us saying, by the way, guys, you've broken the record and you're going to be in the book next to Justin Bieber and David Bowie. So that kind of put us on the map. And since then, we've done... I think seven or eight albums, all of a hundred songs, thirty seconds long. Some band came along and broke the record, but but then we we took it with hundred uh, Xmas thirty, which, which had hundred and eleven. And the icing on the cake to stop anyone else breaking it, we this year released an album, three hundred X thirty, of two hundred ninety eight, not quite three hundred, two hundred ninety eight songs, all thirty seconds long. On one album, it's called My Life as a Playlist, because basically, albums are dead, playlists are the future. So I did an album of thirty-second songs, a playlist lasting more than four hours. So that's out. It's doing really well at the moment. So I'm going to play a couple of thirty-second tracks from that now. This one, the first one's called Noel Gallagher is jealous of my studio. It's actually a true story. When I met Noel at the Ivers Music Award ceremony. And he bought me a gin and tonic, but he was moaning about the fact that he didn't have his own studio. I said, no, mate, I'm not you. I'm not Noel Gallagher. I haven't written Wonderwall. 
Uh, but I've got my own fucking garage in the studio, uh, you know, studio in my garage. So sort it out, mate. No Gallagher is jealous of my studio in my garage. On top of the hill, fight him over. Maybe we'll jam along to Indeed, nobody makes money anymore. Well, not in the music business anyway. Unless you're Ed Sheeran, releasing 25 singles at the same time. Anyway, so if you want to check out the movie, it's out on Amazon, Weird, The Life and Times of a Pocket God. Follow us on Facebook, Weird The Movie. Uh, and our Pocket Gods, you can follow on Facebook slash The Pocket Gods. Uh, and, you know, if you want to send in your own weird stories to be featured in a future episode, please do. Uh, just use hashtag ThePocketGods uh, and I will include the best ones. I'm going to finish now with a track uh, which is in the end credits of the movie. It's one of my favourite songs I've ever written. Uh, my kids co-wrote it with me. Uh, and it's called Music from Crap Cartoons. I wrote it one morning while they were my three kids were watching endless episodes of uh, Gumball or something like that and I thought oh god this music's just crap so I'm thinking oh I wish I could write music from for crap cartoons anyway so I hope you enjoyed the podcast there'll be more to follow uh, yeah thank you for listening I'm going down to the forest today I'm gonna pick some flowers oh yeah
Stephans is my inspiration, yeah. And he writes music for crap cartoons. I wish it was me. Listening to music from crap cuts in